Robin. Welcome, folks, all y'all folks, to Gain North Gainesville Baptist Church. Let's take your songbooks and turn the page. 333. 333. That's half a 666, I guess. Hey, 333. Sing the first and last verse. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley in him above I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my snake. He tells me every care on him to roll. Hey, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul, alas. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I'm nothing now to fear. With his manna he my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's a lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. And who are they talking about? The Lord, right there in the Song of Solomon. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Oh, wow. Don't hear, don't hear too many sermons from Song of Solomon, do we? One of these days, I might have to do that. This would be a pretty good, appropriate crowd right here. I'll have to do that one of these days. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are the lily of the valleys. Oh, so many names you have. So wonderful you are. How you blessed us with salvation. We thank you for all that you've done. I pray that you just be with us tonight as we look into your word, as we fellowship and sing these wonderful hymns. Encourage our heart tonight. We thank you for the blessings that have been bestowed already this week, and we look forward to what you'll do tonight and throughout the week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It's good to see you this evening. Hope you're having a good week thus far. Lord willing, we'll be having our Bible study uh, tomorrow night. Continue praying. We'll have some prayer requests, of course, after the service. But um, Lord willing, we'll be having our Bible study. And if you ever plan on going and you're not sure, you can always give me a call and say, are we having Bible study or not? And Lord willing, by about 3 or 4 o'clock, I'll let you know. Uh, of course, Sunday evening, uh, we'll be having our quarterly financial update. Brother Pete will be bringing that. We'll have a message, a brief message. Then we'll uh, close our service, and then we'll have a quarterly financial update uh, at the end. And after that is over, we'll have our Bible reading ice cream fellowship for everyone who uh, read their Bible. And we do have a sign-up sheet for that. If, you, if you're planning on coming, uh, please sign up tonight. Because tomorrow I'm planning on getting the ice cream. So if you're planning on going, that we'll know how many people are coming so we can get how much ice cream to get. And toppings too. Okay, it won't just be planned. We'll get, get a few toppings, you know, because I know you Baptists like to eat, right? So we'll have that. And have and the main thing is, though, it's just some good food and fellowship. But most importantly, uh, we'll have some testimonies of what God did in your heart through reading the Bible. Maybe it was the first time you ever read through the Bible. That's a good thing. I encourage you to do so. Friday the, the 9th, Phoebe Valentine's Fellowship, 
and that's $10 a person. You can sign up on the back. Don't want to forget also the uh, baby shower for Tia. That's coming up February 3rd, ladies. Hope you sign up for that. Saturday the 17th, we will have church-wide visitation uh, from 10 to noon. Uh, if, if you, again, if you're planning on signing up for the Bible reading for this year, the sign-up's on the back. The 2023 tax receipt sign-up sheet is on the back table. The 2024 tithing envelopes are on the back table as well. Brother Chuck. Take song books, turn to page 246. 246, we'll sing the uh, first, second, and last verse, page 246. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. On the last, I want to scale the utmost height and catch a bleed of glory bright, but still I'll pray till heaven I've found, Lord, lead me on to higher ground, Lord, lift me up and let me stand, by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. One of these days we're going to be up on that higher ground. Till then, let's shake hands with some saints.
right? All good things got to come to an end sometime. And we find our way back to their seats. We're going to sing another one of my favorite songs. Since I've been here in this church, this here church right here is a big family. Big family. Everybody shake hands like, just like you know each other. Or you know each other or not. Let's all turn to page 23. Page 23 will sing the family of God. We sing the whole thing, Miss Robin? All right, we'll sing the whole thing. The whole thing. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join as with Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. You will notice we say brother. And sister around here, it's because we're a family and these folks are so near. When one has a heartache, we all shed a tear and rejoice in each victory in this family so near. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join as with Jesus as we travel this sod, for I'm part of the family, the family. Jimmy, would you pray for our tithes and offerings? Amen. You may be seated.
Take your Bibles tonight and turn back to Ezra chapter 7 tonight. Ezra chapter 7. We have about another lesson or so left in this book before we get on to Nehemiah and then, Lord willing, into Esther. Ezra chapter 7 tonight. Ezra chapter 7. These are things, of course, that chronologically happen at the end of the Old Testament, though in uh, book order they're not in the end of the Old Testament. But chronologically, they're in the end of the Old Testament. Ezra chapter 7. Ezra chapter 7. And we're going to look at several different phrases. And, of course, the phrase that we're going to be looking at is that which is on the screen there. A lot of times it's easy to uh, skip over things as you're reading the scriptures. But one thing you can notice for sure as you're reading your Bible, when uh, God repeats something... He doesn't do it because he's forgotten it. It's not, he doesn't do it because there's a scribal error or mistake in the Bible. There's, there's a reason why he repeats something. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn to chapter 7. And I want you to look, we're going to look at several of these phrases here. And he's, he's, he's writing these things, of course, to get our attention. Look at chapter 7 and verse 6 this evening, starting off. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 6. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 6. As Ezra went up to Babylon and was ready to scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given, the king granted him all the requested according to the hand of, a, of the Lord his God was upon him. Then you go down to verse 9. And it says... Towards the towards the, there that the good according to the good hand of his God was upon him, and then go down to chapter seven verse twenty eight. Look over at verse twenty eight, and it says he had extended mercy unto me, the king, the counselors before all the king's mighty princes, and I was strengthened that as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me, and I gathered together out of Israel the chief men to go up with me. Then go chapter eighteen verse eight verse eighteen. Chapter 8, verse 18, you can mark these if you'd like. And by the good hand of our God upon us brought, up, brought us a man of understanding of the sons of Mali, the son of Levi. Of course, here he's, he's, he's conferring, uh, referring to himself in first person, and he'll continue to do so in the rest of the book of Ezra, and that's why we know this book was written by Ezra. But we see that in chapter 8, verse 18. Look at verse 22. Ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers or horsemen to help us against the enemy of the way, because we've spoken to the king, saying that the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. Then, and one more time in chapter 8 and verse 31, we parted from the river of Havai in the twelfth day of the month to go over to Jerusalem, and the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and of such as lay in wait by the way. God's hand was upon them. It's a very important thing in life for God's hand to be upon us as we serve the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for this time that we have in your word. And we are thankful for this example of Ezra, who your hand was upon. May your hand be upon us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So you'll notice, of course, that God's hand was upon him, and obviously his his hand was not upon uh, his enemies. When, when, when the Bible refers to God's hand uh, or any type of other 
um, physical feature like the, the eyes of a Lord. That's another feature. Or his right arm. It's what we call an anti-morphism. Of course, we know God is a spirit, doesn't have hands, five hands. Uh, and so uh, it's not talking about him actually having a hand. But, it, of course, we know that with the only incarnation, of course, Jesus came as an angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. Primarily, the incarnation of Jesus Christ is when he took form as a baby, as we read in Matthew. So these are just uh, allowing us to, as human beings to understand God, that his, his, the God's blessing was upon era, uh, Ezra. His, his goodwill was upon Ezra. And we want, we want God's goodwill upon us. The hand of the Lord is referring to his strength, his control in the events and circumstances, and, and his sovereignty over the situation. And tonight, I want to talk about and, and share with four uses of God's good hand that lead to the same conclusion that Ezra had, that God is good. And you have to remind yourself, in the midst of a wicked world, when bad circumstances happen, and dear friend, bad circumstances are going to happen in life. This, dad, this last December, in a space of about two or three days, a friend from college was just walking his dog, and somebody, some, some person hit him, put him in a coma, and he died. He was my age. Left a wife and three or four kids just out walking his dog. Two days later, a young lady who uh, Angie and I taught in high school had a baby boy. Beautiful, healthy baby boy. That's the extremes of life, isn't it? In a matter of few days, tragedy, where it takes the life of a Christian young man who is serving God with his life. And then on the other extreme, the, ba the birth of a beautiful baby boy. In the midst of that, we're going to have all types of circumstances and problems. But I'm going to tell you, whether a tragedy happens or a blessing happens, God is still good. And you have to remind yourself of that because the devil, one of his chief goals in life is to get you to think that God's not good because circumstances aren't good. Your health isn't good. Your son is sick. Your wife is sick. Your friend's in need. You heard you got cancer. Just because bad circumstances happen, it doesn't mean that God's not good. But you have to remind yourself that, and you also have to remind yourself of another important fact, that God's in control. Because the world, the world, the flesh and the devil wants to say, everything's in chaos. And though it may seem like everything's in chaos, it's not in chaos. God is always in control. So two things you must, you must focus on in your life above all this is knowing God's good and he's in control. So the, first of all, through these passages uh, this evening, we can get this thing to work. Oh, it was working earlier. Brother uh, Braden, would you put the arrow back on the... There you go. Thanks, buddy. <clears throat> the goodness of God was seen by Ezra and the people, first of all, in his sovereignty, rule, sovereignty over rulers. We go back to chapter 7 and verse 6. Chapter 7, verse 6. And Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a scribe, skilled in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given, and the king granted him all the requests. Why did the king grant Ezra his request? <clears throat> was it because Ezra, Ezra was a sharp person? Did he have a good sales pitch? 
Was it something uh, our exertions could not refuse? No, it wasn't because of any of those things. It was because God willed it. God willed it to happen. Our exertions was, was a pagan. But God moved in circumstances that allowed him to happen. Look at 7, chapter 7, verse 27. Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers who put such a thing in the king's heart so beautifully, the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem, and extended mercy unto me before the king and his counselors, before all the king's mighty princes. And I was, I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord God was upon me, and I gathered together all the Israel, the chief men, to go up with me. No wonder Ezra was encouraged. He was blessed. We see in verse, chapter 7, verse 20, look back up there. Whatsoever more shall be needful of the house of thy God, which thou shalt have occasion to bestow, bestow it out of the king's treasury house. God was, God was working through a pagan king to bless Ezra and the people of God. That'd be like Ron DeSantis, who's finally come back off the trail. <laughs> Wasn't any point in him going anyways, but that's just my opinion. He come back off the trail. And now he says, you know what? I got some extra campaign money. I think I'll take care of all that debt of you folks down there in North Gainesville Baptist Church. We'd fall out. Praise the Lord. You ladies, get your hankies and start pulling them out. It'd be, we'd have a praise service, man. Just, we'd do a mortgage burning ceremony here after church. Man, that'd be great. And we'll, we'll, while, while, we're, while we're there, we'll put up all that uh, equipment over there on the side, Brother Chuck. We'll just do it for you. And if you guys need about 20 more feet in your fellowship, why not that too? And you need an educational wing, why not that too? That'd be like, ladies, your husband giving you a credit card. Well, that, that might be too much. That might be too much. That, that might be too much. And saying, go down to the mall and spend all you have. Mm. That'd be miraculous, you know? Wow. That's what, that's what God was doing through, the, through Ezra and the people of God. He was doing something that did not make sense. Did not make sense. Was, and that was, did Artaxerxes get, get saved? Uh, did he have just a, a moment of humility? No, if you go back to these verses, you'll see that Artaxerxes calls himself the king of kings. He has no humility because the king of kings and lord, of, lord is God himself. But secondly, we see that the goodness of God and his work through believers. Look at chapter 7, verse 9. For upon the first day of the month began he to go up to Jerusalem. On the first day of the fifth month he came to Jerusalem according to the good hand of God was upon him. Talking about Ezra. He was leaving, of course, Babylon to go to Jerusalem. And God was going to bless him along his way. Was it because he was skilled? Because he was gifted? Because he had talented? No, it's primarily because God's blessing was upon him. What I was thinking about the other day is that we had this ministry team here last Sunday and uh, we, Sunday before last, and I got to see him a couple times this week as they were at Calvary Baptist Church. And all the times I traveled, four, four summers and three, three semesters, by the grace of God, we never had a time where I wondered about my, if I was going to die or not. All the times we traveled and all the places, you know. I don't know about you, but when I get ready to go somewhere, I stop and pray. I stop, especially if we're going to go more than, you know, 15, 20 minutes down the road because you, there's some crazy folks on the road. You notice that? Eight people every day die in Florida on those roads right there. Eight people every day. I don't want to be one of them unless it's God's time for my life. Before you get in that car, you might want to think about buying it. Especially if you're on a motorcycle or a moped, you might want to pray a little, <laughs> a little harder for that. Amen, sister. 
I remember uh, us motorcycle folks know exactly what that's like. We'd get together. Every time we'd get on a trip, we'd, we'd hold hands, we'd pray, and we would just about have revival before we go down the road because <laughs> uh, you just never know. How does that all happen? It's just, oh, man, you, you timed that out just perfectly? No. God's hand is upon you. God blesses you. He protects you. He helps you in the midst of circumstances. That's why when it gets to the Bema seat, the, the judgment seat of Christ, and we get our crowns, what are we going to do with them? We're not going to drape ourselves with them. No, we're going to cast them back at the feet of Jesus. Because, dear friend, everything we've done in this life, it's not because of us. It's because of God. If God has blessed you in his business, it's because of God. If God has blessed you in, your, in education, it's because of God. If God has blessed you with talents and abilities and gifts and finances, it's not because of you. It's always God. And, it, and you, it, as long as you keep that perspective, you keep humble in life, and God will continue to bless you. But if you ever start thinking, well, man, it's my ingenuity, or it's because of my nobility, or it's because of my background, or because of who my dad was, you will be messed up. And before long, the tap of God's blessing on your life will stop. And you'll, you'll wind up knowing nothing. I've seen people who had gifts and talents and abilities, but they got proud. And before long, they started thinking it was them. And they begin to fall spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every which way. And they lost it all. God had to humble them in their life. No, God, God was, no, man, God was blessing them. We'll remember this. It's all because of what God has done and how good he is. Thirdly, the good hand of God was responsible for the recruiting of additional workers. Go to chapter 8 and verse 15. Ezra's heading back, heading to, excuse me, to Jerusalem from Babylon. He recognizes he's, he doesn't have the, the, the volunteers that he, he needs, especially the Levites. And the Bible says in chapter 8, verse 15, They gathered together at the river, burneth Ahava, and there we abode in tents three days, and I viewed the people and the priests, <clears throat> and there was, there was none of the sons of Levi. And I sent before Eliezer, and, and for Ariel, and Shimei, and Elathon, and for Jerob, and Elathane, and for Nathan, and for Zechariah, and Meshulam, the chief men, also for Jorab, and Ithalon, the men of understanding. I sent them with commandment unto Idu, the chief of the the place of Casiphah. And I told them what they should, should say unto Idu and to his brethren, the Nethiums, of the place of Casiphah. And they should bring unto his ministers the house of God. And by the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of understanding, the sons of Malah, the sons of Levi, the sons of Israel, and Sherebiah, and his sons, and his brethren, 18. The same thing he requested, the God answered his prayer. When's the last time you asked God for something and he answered your prayer? Brother Chuck can give a testimony tonight. God answered his prayer. When's the last time you got to an answer a prayer? You said, preacher, it's been a long time. i tell you why it's been a long time. Because you ain't asked for something. You ain't asked. <laughs> we get this idea, man, I got to ask for something big. No. If I, start, if I, if I spend more than two minutes losing, looking for my keys, I just get down and say, Lord, I can't find my keys. I got to find them. How many of you prayed that way? You couldn't find your keys or couldn't find remote control for your, for your, uh, for your, for your TV. And you just start praying. <laughs> One of the reasons I have this watch is not because I can tell time, because I can press a button and it tells me where my phone's at. That's why I have the watch. <laughs> the time is like secondary. 
thank God, he answers even small prayers. It's important that we know that. God blesses. He discovers here that the Levites had not volunteered to go back, so he asked God to do it, and God does. God does. Jesus Christ knows the need that we have in our situation, our circumstances. And dear friends, we're always asking God for, to supply the right people in our church. We need volunteers. We always need volunteers to help out. And thank God they do. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 37, he said to the disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray you therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth more labors in the harvest. Thank God for the volunteers we have. But we, oh, dear friend, we always need more volunteers to help out in all that we must do. How do we do that? Asking God, going to God, asking for his blessing upon his life. Why? According to the good recruiting methods that we have? No. Because we plead and beg? No. Because of the good hand of God who takes care of us. And that's what it says in verse 18. By the good hand of our God upon them that brought us a man of understanding. They had just the right man at the, just the right time to help them in the circumstances they're in. You ever been in a situation where you needed just the right person in your life to help you, to encourage you, to strengthen you? I may have told the story, but I remember I was a freshman in, in Bible college, and I was just discouraged, long ways from home, home in South Carolina. I'm living up there in the, in the frozen tundra of, of Wisconsin. And it's got a note in my old P.O. box that said, just wanted to write you a little note of encouragement. God bless you, thinking about you and praying for you today. I, I, don't, even know where that, I don't even know where that note come from. But God knew, and God laid it upon that person's heart to, for my need of encouragement. They must have saw it or something. Then that, that southern boy's freezing up here in Yankee land, about froze to death. He needs some encouragement. And he sent me some encouragement. And, it, you know, it, it don't take a whole lot. But it's just, just a little note, just a little, just a little help. You know what? That was a blessing to me. And you know what, dear friends? We need to do that for other people, especially the family of God, right? We're supposed to do good to all men, but especially the household of faith. If you want to help people, dear friend, the best thing you could do is look around people in the church and say, how I can help people. How can I help this brother? How can I help this person? Now, you, hey, dear friend, now when you help them, you don't have to come up to the pulpit and tell everybody you helped them now. You, you don't have to do that. No, it's actually the best thing you don't, don't let anybody know at all. But I thank God for folks who, who help people. Trust me, I have people come to me on a, on a regular basis and say, Preacher, now I don't you tell nobody, but I want to help so-and-so. And obviously I keep it in confidence. But I'm so glad that we have a group of people that care about one another. It's not just a saying, but it's actually we see it in people's life. And how does that happen? Because we recognize God's blessing, we recognize God's goodness, and we want to share it with other people. We want to continue to do that in our life. Number four, number four, if you write these things down, the good hand of God was observed in his promise for protection over evildoers. They were coming back to Jerusalem, but they're coming back with an expensive haul. Chapter 8, verse 22, And I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and the horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. <laughs> he didn't want to go back to the king or Xerxes and say, Now I need a little more help. I need a, four more, I need a little more soldiers. <laughs> he was afraid. He was, hey, even this godly man had some fear in his life. And that means that shows he's human. Because courage is not the absence of fear. It's faith, faithfulness to God in the, in the face of fear. 
what he began to do. He began to humble himself and pray and ask God to take care of him. It's estimated the, estimated the bounty that they carried back to Jerusalem was worth or equivalent to $5 million. And here they are traveling with pretty much just uh, some priests, Levites, they're going to come, some, some, uh, a, a, a few people, normal folks, but not a whole lot of soldiers. And they're out there basically with a, a sign with all this stuff saying, hey, free money. Bandits could come. Robbers could come. Foreign, foreign, uh, foreigners could come and take what they had. They didn't. See, he was more concerned about the testimony of God than he was asking for more help from this person, from the king. It says in verse 31, and departed from the river of Harvard on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. The hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us the hand of the enemy, and of such lay in wait by the way. They went, and God protected them all the way. God blessed them. His hand was upon him. He took care of them all the way. Even though maybe he should have been, been more prepared, even though maybe he should have asked more, uh, he didn't. He didn't. And God blessed him and took care of him. And that's, a, that's an amazing thing that God takes care of folks. Some of these missionaries, I see what they do. I read their letters of, of the, the adventures they have, the opportunities they have, the places they go. And God takes care of them, protects them, and blesses them. Oh, yes, there are circumstances and situations that happen that are horrible. But, but most of the time, we see the blessings of God in their life as God takes care of them. And dear friend, God will take care of you if you trust him, if you believe in him, if you live a life of, of obedience in your life. He will bring you into places and the situations and circumstances that is beyond what you can even imagine. Because God's hand is upon you. You ever been to a place and thought to yourself, how in the world? This is so wonderful, so, so great, so beautiful. How could it be that I'm even here? Well, God's blessed. He's taking care of you. And he wants to take care of us. He wants to bless his children. He wants to provide for his children if we'll live in, in obedience and submission to his will as God desires us to. So what's the application in all this? Well, the goodness of God may sometimes seem like a mystery. The goodness of God sometimes seems like, you know, well, it applies to some people, but it doesn't, it, sometimes it doesn't apply to me. But you trust him in the midst of all of it. Remember, he is infinitely good. He's always good. There's not some days where he's good and some days he's bad. No, he's good. But we live in a world that oftentimes is bad. The application is bad things happen in the world, not because God isn't good, but because people are bad. There's this idea that's a false teaching. We see even in movies that, that each person has this little divine spark. And all they have to do is just flame it a little bit and they'll get better. No, dear friend, you're not born with a divine spark. You're you are born sinful. That's why the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Your, the Bible says that we are, our sin is like, is, like, is like putrefied rags. We're totally wicked. There is nothing good about us. There's no spark of divinity in us. In of ourselves, we're hopeless, hapless, and helpless. And the only, thing, only good we do is because of God in our life. Oh, dear friend, it's nothing. It's, it's life, things that happen in life is not because God isn't good, but because people are bad. But secondly, 
bad things happen in the world. But for the believer, bad things don't have to have the last word. Aren't you glad? No matter what happens in this life, ultimately, ultimately, we know as Christians the end of the book. We know we're victorious. We know we're going to a place of no more pain, no more sorrow, no more difficulty, no more physicians, no more dentists, Brother, Brother Tiny. There'll be no dentists up there in the pearly gates. Praise God, praise God. There'll be no more, there'll be no more surgeries. Amen. There'll be no more bills. There'll be no heating bills, electric bills, water bills. There'll be no more lawyers. Amen. There'll be no more presidents. It's over. No more elections. No more Democrats or Republicans. It'll all be done. Nobody emailing you trying to get money from you or scamming from you or stealing from you. It's all going to be gone. We win. And our God is glorified. Because that's what he's, that was the, from the very beginning, the, the, the whole point that he was going to win. Victorious through his son, Jesus Christ. How wonderful it is. And I think about what Joseph went through and all that he's struggled with. All the trials and tribulations. You look at that young man, he's in a pit, 17 years of age. You think to himself, that's not going to end very well. But just give it time. Because if Joseph doesn't go to the pit. His people are not saved. And dear friends, you might be going through circumstances and you think to yourself, how's this going to work out? This looks horrible right now. I've seen marriages. I've canceled marriages that after I left the counseling session, I thought to myself, I wouldn't give you 10 cents for the length that thing going to last. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to last at all. 20, 15 years later, look back and say, because they stayed faithful. They continued to go to church. They kept reading their Bible. And even though they hated one another at times, <laughs> and they said they, they, said they would never, never depart one another, they stayed faithful to God, faithful to God's word, faithful to God's house. And even their kids are living obedient. Praise God. Why? Because God is good. God is good. God is good. You know what? We need to be good. We need to choose to be good. May it be known of us that we are a good husband, good father, good mother, good daughter, good businessman. You know, it'll be known in a community. Wherever you go, you have the, you have the testimony to choose to be good. Even when, even when they burn your chicken at the restaurant or don't bring your plate out at the pork place. <laughs> With, you know, people, people, you know, people, you know, do, do you wrong, choose to be good. Why? Because you have a good God. Most of the folks you're going to dealing with out in this community, folks, are on their way to a hell that's going to last forever. No matter what happens to us in this circumstance, we have it better than most of the people in the world. Because no matter what happens to me, I'm going to be in heaven forever. You know what? I, you know the only thing I have to do in the, for the rest of rest of all history, the first thing I have to do the rest of all history is die and go to heaven. The rapture doesn't happen. That's the only thing I have to do. I could actually lay down in those woods in my relationship with Jesus Christ, though my fellowship would change because I'm not being obedient, but my relationship would never change because I've been born again. God is good to us. We've been saved. He has so much for us.
Dear friend, we ought to choose to be good. We ought to be model citizens. We ought to be models in our home. We ought to be models in the church. We ought to be a model that people could say, by the grace of God, the hand of, the, of God is on that person. Not maybe what we say, well, not because maybe what he has or what he doesn't have, but because of the blessings that are seen in their life. Could people say about you who know you that you're good? Could they say that? Could your son say that? Could your daughter say that? Could your friend say that? Could, could, your, co could your cousin say that? Could people around you say, oh, you, that's, a, that's a good person. They speak the truth. They're fair. They're loving. They're kind. Oh, not perfect. None of us are. But dear friend, we represent a great God, a good God. And by the grace of God, we must choose every day to represent him well, even in an increasing wicked world. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that the good hand of God is upon us, has blessed us, has helped us, has strengthened us. And it's only by your grace, Lord, that we have anything. It's only by your grace and mercy that we have this church, that we have this building, that we have these chairs, that we have this stage. It's only because of you. We've not done anything to deserve it. It's not because of our intelligence or our, our skillfulness of any, any measure. It's only because of you. We just want to be thankful and grateful for all that you've done. Oh, Lord, help us to be thankful. Help us, Lord, to be thankful and be grateful for your blessings upon our life. Head bowed, eyes bowed, closed this evening. Maybe you're saying, preacher, you're struggling in an area in your life, maybe to be that, that representative Christ that you should be. Maybe uh, you're frustrated in an area or, having a difficult relationship with somebody. I said, preacher, I want to be good, but there's some areas in my life where I'm really struggling. And I need, I need God's grace. I need God's help. I need God's hand upon me because there are areas in my life where I am struggling and I want to change. Would you pray for me that by the grace of God, these areas in my life that I struggle, that I would get victory in them areas by the grace of God? Would you pray for me that I would? Anybody like that tonight? Ask God for his help. Ask God for his grace. Ask God for his mercy tonight. Would you pray for me, preacher? Amen. Praise God. Someone else, amen. Praise the Lord. There's some areas in my life that I'm struggling. I need help. I want to do right. I want to do right. There's areas where I'm struggling. Amen. Thank you for your honesty. Let's stand this evening as the piano plays. If God has spoken in your heart, the altar is always open. You're welcome to come and ask God to help you right here at this altar. Be right there in your chair if you like and pray to the Lord. But if you'd like to come forward, my wife is here. I'm here. We can help in any way we can. May we be representatives of Christ. May we go forward and do good and help people and love people and treat people the way we want to be treated. Oh, God, help us to be Christians, to act like Christians.
Father, thanks again for tonight. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house to hear your word preached, Lord. And I just pray that you would help us, Lord, to see the life of Ezra and how you blessed him. May we desire that same type of blessing in our life. Thank you for the protection, the power, the grace, the mercy that you bestowed upon us, Lord. We know we don't deserve it, but we're grateful for it. May we be always, always in memory of what you've done for us and proclaim it to a lost and dying world before it's too late. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we go into our time of uh, prayer request and praise, uh, first we look at our, our missionary focus. It's this Southerns. These dear folks are going to South Africa. Uh, they're having a bit of a struggle to get a visa to go down. So they're praying about actually maybe going to a different country until they're able to go to the place that they believe God's leading them. Uh, that's happened several times. I remember the Smith family, they were planning on going to China, but they wind up going to Taiwan. Sometimes uh, God leads in a certain way, and, and the door gets shut, and uh, the Lord has to lead in a different, different direction. That happens, that happens sometimes. We want to pray for these dear folks that God would just lead them. They want to go. They have the support they need to go to a land. We just want to pray that God would continue to work in their life, that they would have the wisdom. They're seeking counsel. They're seeking direction. But we, just, we know they want to be in the center of God's will. So we want to pray for them specifically tonight that God would uh, allow them to be in the place of his blessing and, and uh, where they would be, be able to minister uh, for the, by the grace of God. Uh, so we just continue to pray for them. Uh, of course, we want to praise the Lord for a wonderful RICO revival a uh, week before last. And Karen uh, Shanders, uh, sister-in-law Dawn, uh, home post-tongue surgery and eating soft foods, good, uh, good path report, no chemo needed, and possibly no radiation. So praise God for that good report about Karen, sister-in-law Dawn. Any other praises? Any other praises tonight you can mention? Or how about prayer? Yes. Yes, Peggy. Okay. Who is that again? Oh. Okay. Mark Rule. He's got COVID. Let's pray for him. Someone else? Yes. Wilma? Okay. Let's pray for James. Someone else? Someone else this evening. Yes, Brother Jimmy. Mm. Okay. Let's pray for that family. What's their names again? Emily and Patrick. Emily and Patrick. Okay. Let's pray for Emily and Patrick. Someone else tonight. Prayer request. You pray for my friend Tom Cronin. I put him on the um, prayer chain. He's a friend of mine uh, from the church down south, and uh, he had surgery and uh, took some medicine and did not react well to the medicine. Uh, so he's recovering from. Hopefully, we're going to recover from the surgery and the medicine that he took. Uh, but he's up in up in years, and uh, there's some concern about his his health. Some serious concern about his health. So if you'd pray for Tom Cronin, he's in. Uh, He's in a hospital and in pain, so would you pray for him? He's a Christian. 
And I uh, just want to pray for God's will in his life. Anyone else? Anyone else this evening? Prayer request or praise. All right. Well, let's take some time to pray for these things. And I hope we will take this, this uh, prayer sheet and not just pray for these things uh, that we, uh, tonight, that you would take them home with you and pray for them uh, every day by the grace of God.